Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Talk about the Federal Reserve. As we discussed yesterday, it was Fed Day. We were going to dive into three things. Did they do the uh, quarter point that we expected on this channel? We were going to look at the dot plot and we were going to look at the press conference and see if we've learned anything. I'm going to go through about half a page of notes, kind of summarizing all the meaningful things that I took from the day. If I don't cover something that you thought was important, as always, feel free to leave a comment below. I would love to hear from you. But the one thing I do want to ask is you and I on this daily financial news, which is always done live, I wanted to ask you, of the things I'm about to talk about, how many of them were you and I talking about early and we are prepared for? One of the things when you look at a complicated structure of the economy is if you can look around corners and see things coming, you can react early. So how many of the following things did we discuss so we were ready? And what was a surprise? What did we miss? What could help us be better next time? So let's dig in. First and foremost, for me, a big nothing burger. I was 99.999% sure they were going to give us a quarter point. Uh, we got a quarter point. I do think it is interesting that the there was discussion of a pause. That is the first time in my memory that they admitted to discussing a pause. To me, that is just a setup to what possibly could be coming in May. But again, we did get the quarter point and it was unanimous. There were no uh, holdouts uh, voting for a pause or perhaps voting for 50%. So again, they did consider a pause, but we got the quarter point. Next, the language. The language has changed. The language coming out of the prepared remarks had been basically, we are going to do more. We are going higher. We are going longer, right? There were adjectives that made it very clear that their intention at subsequent meetings was to raise. First change, an expected change. They have now pivoted to basically, we may, we might, data dependent. So again, they are ready to do more but it is not guaranteed. I have long thought and long said that I believe Jerome Powell's desire to kill the Fed put, his desire to not let the market yank him around, I have always felt, and will say again here, he will go one quarter point farther than expected. What we saw going into this meeting, yes, it was at one time 60-40 pause. It ended up being 86% quarter, 14% pause, so the market was ready. I believe there will be a meeting coming up, and it might be May, where the market is going to lean pause, and Powell is going to go one step farther. That is my belief. I do believe we get our last and final rate increase, which will take us to the magical 5% that I have been talking about for a year. 
great news for everyone is we will be at our terminal rate in May. That is how we start dealing with all of the debt and valuations is we got to get to terminal rate. We got to see who's who in the zoo so that we can repair our way out of it. It won't be fun. It won't be immediate, but getting to the terminal rate, in my opinion, is step number one. And I believe we are there in May. I will admit that if this banking crisis restricts lending, we might be done today. So we are done today or done in May. Either way, we are at or very close to the terminal rate, which I think is great news, is great news. Second, there was a lot of talk, a lot of chatter that the Fed had to pause. The banking world is in crisis. What are you doing? You are the Federal Reserve. You must pause. To which I said, and if you follow me on Twitter, you saw this. Folks, I hope our Federal Reserve can walk and chew gum. I did not think this Federal Open Market Committee was this great challenge. A lot of people said this was the most important Fed meeting that they could remember. In fact, Taylor on Monday said that, and you saw me go, I don't know, maybe. But again, I thought it would be a non-event because I expected the Fed and would hope they could do this and say, hey, you know, the banking crisis, that's Treasury, that's FDIC, that's banking regulators. We, of course, stand ready to help, but it is, frankly, not our job. Our job is stable prices, full employment. I'm going to do what's important on my job. I will serve others in the government or regulation if required. And pretty much, if you saw Powell's press conference, he's like, yeah, they got it. Not a concern. We're good. Which is exactly what I hope he would say. Not his job. His job is to be a tool if required. So I was very happy to see that the Fed can walk and chew gum at the same time. They did talk about, this is important, and I put this out on Twitter, again, one rental at a time. We've talked about it on this channel. What is going on in the regional banking crisis right now is, in effect, raising rates. It is raising rates without raising rates. It's called tighter credit. We are about to see some very tight lending standards. We are about to see banks say no, or at least not now, to plenty of new business. And that is important. That is changing right now. In fact, a lot of folks in the commercial market said lending was getting tighter in February, pre-Silicon Valley Bank. Can you imagine how tight lending is in March and April and May? Again, I always highlight there's a housing market and a lending market. The lending market is about to tighten up crazy. So again, this is something to watch out for. And I agree, and I said, tighter credit acts like a Fed rate increase, and Jerome Powell said as much. You can guess how much. I think Powell said a quarter or a half. What I talked about is it could actually be as much as 100 basis points. We're all guessing, but bank lending standards, tighter credit is acting like a rate increase. Next, um, inflation is still a problem, right? That's his number one, stable prices. Everybody's hurt by, hurt by it. It's kind of how we open this press conference. They talked about PCE core being at 3.3% by the end of the year. 
They talked about unemployment being in the mid fours, and they talked about below trend growth. You saw me have these discussions with Anna Kelly yesterday. I think we were kind of in alignment. We are going to have growth below trend. What is trend? One and a half, two percent. None of none of the Fed presidents said we would be in a recession. A couple of them said zero, but I don't recall anybody saying negative. Next, unemployment. Unemployment is going to be the talk track of the bears. If you are a bear on stocks, if you're a bear on real estate, whatever that is, you are going to start talking about some crazy numbers like 10% unemployment. The Fed sees unemployment peaking at about 4.6 to 4.7. Even if we got to 5%, that is again, not 10%. So again, watch, watch your feed, watch what you're talking about. I would tell you that, hey, if we got to a, a big acceleration in unemployment because something broke, you and I both know what the Fed would do and they would lower rates. Terminal rate. Terminal rate is now forecast by the Fed to be just over 5%, which means there is two more rate increase, or I'm sorry, one more rate increase, right? We're, one more rate increase gets you to 5%, which I have talked about and I've been calling, but in reality, it's five to five and a quarter. They're giving us ranges. In essence, the Fed says one more is coming. I've long since said that, so we will see where we're at. What was interesting is by 2024, they're anticipating the rate being 4.3% or down about 75 basis points. The market is actually calling for a 100 basis point call in 2023. Powell addressed that head on. He was asked, do you see rate cuts? He's like, no. Do you think the market is wrong? He said, yes. Not quite that black and white, but you get my point. So again, yes, the Fed did address the market, meaning the bond market calling for 100 basis points. He indicated it was wrong. Next, he talked about inflation. He did indicate that he expects housing disinflation to uh, get going. Hey, Evo, thank you very much for the super chat. I appreciate you. Thank you for watching. Let's see, we've got 89 people watching and 13 thumbs up. Do me a favor, thumbs up. That would be great. Like, subscribe, comment. We talk about the financial news seven days a week. Come be, come be a part of the channel. Back to housing. Something that you and I have talked about is the second part of inflation, right? There is goods. The second part is housing. That will get better, but not until the summer. Jerome Powell addressed that and he says, he sees the numbers, he understands housing disinflation is coming, and he expects that in, he, he said he, ex, he just said it's coming. You and I have talked, I've looked at the numbers, it's in the summer, like July, August, September. So what happened in the market? Again, remember, the Fed raised rates. The 10-year went down. Mortgage rates went down. Mortgage rates, as, a, as reported by Mortgage News Daily, went down 30 basis points. Folks, if you still think the Fed raising rates directly impacts mortgages, I want to say that again. The Fed went up 25 basis points. The 30-year mortgage went down 30 mortgage point, or basis points. So they are not, they are, there's influence but there is no direct one-to-one -one relationship. So folks, uh, that's what I got for you. That was my takeaway from the Fed day. It was kind of a no-brainer. 
We kind of got, in my opinion, everything we expected. One thing that I didn't see coming is they admitted to talking about a pause, which in fairness, I should have expected, but I didn't, I didn't expect and I certainly didn't share that thought with you. So that was one thing I certainly missed, that they would acknowledge a pause. But again, the rate increase was unanimous, meaning everybody voted for a quarter point. Next up, we got, let me just jump here. Actually, no, we'll go in order. Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen, in my opinion, was responsible for the sell-off in the stock market at the end of the day. Remember, during Powell's testimony, he basically said the banking crisis, that's Treasury, that's FDIC, that's banking regulators. At the same time that Powell was speaking, Janet Yellen was, was being grilled by someone, I think somebody in Congress or the Senate or someone. And she basically said, I want to make sure I get the quote, the government is not going to bail out shareholders, bondholders, or depositors. Now, as you've heard me rant about the bailout at Silicon Valley Bank, you know that I don't believe in socializing losses. We agree, most of us. I don't think that's a good idea. But when you have the head of the treasury saying in an open forum and giving the media negative news, it can cause a problem. If Janet Yellen would have stopped at, hey, we are not gonna bail out the bondholders or equity holders, stockholders, that would have been enough. But Janet Yellen went one step further than I think she had to. Not going to bail out depositors. Why is that important? Because mom and dad are nervous. Mom and dad may only have 12 grand in the bank, but if you say, Janet Yellen, that you're not going to bail out depositors, people are going to be more and more afraid. They are going to be rattled. There are going, we live in a world where negative news, negative clips can be taken out of context, snipped into an eight second TikTok video, and you can freak out the world. We need to understand that the world that we live in is in nanoseconds. So I believe, again, when Janet Yellen says, we're not going to bail out depositors, and of course she means over 250K, but she did not say that. If Janet Yellen would have said, we will not be bailing out depositors who hold balances over 250K, that would have been better because mom and dad would have heard, oh, 250K, I'm not rich, I'm not a millionaire, I'm good, they got me. Janet Yellen, you are operating in a social media environment. Realize that you have the ability. Janet Yellen can cause a bank run. Now, I don't think she's gonna cause a specific bank run because she didn't name a bank, but she will cause depositors to move money. It's just where we are. So I think Janet Yellen needs to um, become more aware that what she says can cause problems. Because trust me, Janet Yellen does not want mom and dad to move their 12 grand from regional bank A to JP Morgan. That's not what she wants. Janet Yellen does not want four big banks. Janet Yellen understands the criticality of regional banks in our system but she's not doing a very good job of establishing confidence. That was a mistake. 
I suspect she will be out sometime today clearing up that miscommunication, but it is too late. The, the, the horse has left the barn, as they say. So, would you like to get real estate 20% off list price? How many of us would love to get real estate 20% off list price today? The answer is everyone. I know I would. We are going to go into that because it is absolutely possible. But let's remember what I keep harping on. There's a first-time homebuyer market, there's a move-up market, and there's luxury. And I bring this up because Patrick Bet David keeps hammering this point home without closing the, you know, closing the door. Patrick Bet David is saying, hey, I keep seeing, you know, 100K price drops, 50 or 500K price drops, housing's crashing, housing this, housing that. Well, Patrick, I finally have gotten some data for you. And I want to thank Adrian Hernandez. Adrian Hernandez, Orange County uh, producer, uh, broker, part of our channel every Wednesday. Adrian Hernandez and I went in and looked at Orange County for the last 365 days, every house over 3 million bucks. That is luxury in that market. We talked about cancellations. We talked about transactions. We talked about price reductions. In that video, you will see near the end where properties in Orange County were routinely listed at $25 million, which I think Patrick Bet David is likely looking for. Plenty of properties. The whole first page, except I think two listings, were sold under, and a lot of listings that were at 25 million were sold at 17 or 18 million. So if you want to write some disrespectful offers and you have a stroke like Patrick Bet David, congratulations. It is the time to be greedy. Unfortunately for most of us, myself included, we are not shopping for $25 million properties. So if we go back to where you and I play, first time home buyer entry level, we are not getting 20% off. We can't get confused. There is there is not one real estate market. And what I'm trying to help you understand is there's not one real estate market even in your market. If you simply draw a line in the sand at the median price for your market, there are two markets. There's below median and above median. I suspect, strongly agree with, above the median, slow. Higher days on market, more price drops. Below the median, multiple offers. Offer review dates. Folks, let's at least talk about the complete picture. And I would ask Patrick Bet David to go look at first time home buyer homes. Most of the people that watch Valuetainment are not shopping for 25 million. But hey, if you are, I would love to come to your housewarming and congratulate you for getting a $7 million off list price. So there are 20% off. You just got to be able to write a big check. Kramer, Jim Kramer, man, Jim Kramer. Anyways, he said something yesterday that I have brought up on this channel and I want to tell you that I agree with him. I don't agree with Jim Kramer a lot, but this I do. And I think it is important. The banking crisis is helping Jerome Powell fight inflation. I agree. You and I have talked about that for the last three or four days, right? 
Remember, Saturday, Sunday, consumers broke, consumers conserved. I think Monday, I actually advised you for the next 30 days, be a little more careful. A little, let's see where this thing goes. So yes, I think the consumer is pulling back. I think the consumer is A, leading to a recession as soon as Q2, and it is helping Jerome Powell fight inflation. Jerome Powell is smiling. He's like, damn, I do not have to go as high. I do not have to go as long. We are going to lick this thing. That is what I think Jerome Powell thinks. And I do agree. The banking crisis, the lack of liquidity, all of that, the consumer psychology being hit helps beat inflation. Earnings. we got a lot of little things to talk about. Let's talk about KB Homes. A lot of people on YouTube have been talking about home builders being destroyed, going out of business, blah, 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 blah. Not true. Home builders are in a unique situation. They are the only ones with variable supply output. So they are going to make bank. They are going to make a lot of money. KB Homes, of all the home builders, in my opinion, plays in the first time home buyer market. Also, KB Homes is disproportionately West Coast focused the markets that are getting hit the hardest. So what did KB Homes do? Did KB Homes lose money? Is KB Homes going out of business? Well, KB Homes beat top line, beat bottom line, and announced a $500 million stock buyback. Cancellation rates that were 68% in Q4 are now 36%. Historical average, just so you know, is closer to 11 or 12%. So heading in the right direction, their earnings call said, basically, we're going to slowly build out. We can use uh, mortgage rate buy-downs. We can get people to the payment they want. A lot of things that you and I have talked about. So again, home builders, we are operating in an environment with no supply. Home builders are the only ones that can variable produce output, right? They can produce new homes. I would strongly suggest they build smaller homes, but that will take time to work out. Next up, Darden Restaurants. Think Olive Garden. Beat top line, beat bottom line, and raised outlook. Yes, folks, people are going to Olive Garden and other Darden restaurants more and more. Coinbase. I don't know if you saw this. Coinbase got what's called a Wells Notice. Basically, that is something that the SEC sends out when they see a potential violation. Uh, I don't know where Coinbase is today, but uh, I think it was down big yesterday. This will be something that Coinbase has to deal with. A Wells notice is no joke. Uh, there will be operating. There may be court proceedings. It will be very interesting, long, and painful, uh, but we will see what goes on there. Logan. Logan Mat... Let me see if I get this right. Logan Matashima. Shima. Ah, I can never say that. I'm sorry, Logan. Anyways, Logan at Housing Wire, a great follow on Twitter, basically says, uh, wants to remind folks that in 2007, the peak of the stress of the housing or Great Recession, we had over 4 million active listings for existing home sales. Also, by the way, builders were producing over 1.2. So we had a supply problem. Remember, economics really starts, macroeconomics supply and demand. So the crisis of 2007, we had 4 million active listings, existing homes, and we had 1.2 million new homes. Total 5.2-ish. Today, 
we have 980K existing home sales and something sub 600 grand new homes. It is a vastly different market. For folks that are saying today is like that last crisis, I will remind you that we have less than 75% of the active listings. That is not the same. The supply demand curve. So again, demand, right? More demand. Yeah, more, no, this way. More demand, the um, lower, or yeah, more demand, the lower the price. Less demand, higher the price. The supply curve has been moved down. The Fed broke housing. The Fed has taken the natural order in real estate and broken it for years to come. The spring selling season that we are in right now is greatly disappointing on the inventory. And as I've said, that is important and will change housing for years to come. Oh, deposit outflows. This is what Janet Yellen caused. Janet Yellen can cause deposits to leave banks, flee. The banks then have a hole in their balance sheet. They then go to the Fed discount window and borrow money at 4.5%. If they borrow money at 4.5%, they actually can create a negative carry or a net interest loss. Janet Yellen, in her unwise or incomplete or misguided communication, can cause banks to have net interest loss. This is a wild time to be watching this. So at the end of the day, folks, oh, let's close on block. It looks like the Hindenburg Research, a noted short seller. Let's again remember, Hindenburg is a noted short seller. So what do they do? They build a short position in a company. They release a very damning report. Is the damning report true or not? I have no idea. I haven't read it. But let me be clear, Hindenburg has a motive to see Block go down, and Block is down today. People are reading the report and saying, hey, don't know, I'm out, and Hindenburg is winning because of the report. Again, if anybody knows Block, leave comments below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But yeah, that was interesting to wake up for. Again, folks, have an amazing day. Let's congratulate a couple, Susan and Stephen. Stephen and Susan, congratulations for getting your first deal. Very happy for you. Your golden ticket will be in the mail today. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. All right, folks, take care of yourself. Bye.